another episode of the When It Works podcast. And today I'm joined by the wonderful Amy Zander in Lansing, Michigan. Welcome to the show, Amy. What are some of the things that people are telling you and some of the things that you're helping them with? Julian, marketing is really hard. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of creativity and it also takes a lot of knowledge about marketing and branding. And so what I provide my clients is the freedom from the burden of marketing. And I am a marketing and branding expert and I can do it for them. Absolutely. And um, what, are, what are some of the mistakes that people make that you find, that you notice? Ooh, that's a loaded question. So many, so many mistakes. But what I love about my process of marketing and branding is that it takes this giant burden, like we said, of, of marketing, and it distills it down into one thought and one concept. And that concept is called a brand archetype. So an archetype is a universally understood concept that is powerful and evokes emotion, which is exactly what all of us want our brands to do. So archetypes have been defined over the centuries by very smart people like Carl Jung and different things like that. There are 12 main archetypes that have been defined throughout all cultures because they exist in all cultures. And what I mean by universally understood is if I say to you, Julian, give me some adjectives that describe a mother. What do you come up with? Uh, nurturing, caring, supportive. And Absolutely. Organized. Yeah. And I can say without a shadow of a doubt that if I asked anybody on earth in any culture in their language that same question, they would probably come up with very, very similar words. So that's what I mean by universally understood. These 12 archetypes are in all of us and we all understand them in the exact same way because we're human. So if you adopt one of these archetypes as your brand strategy, then the very first thing that you're doing is that you don't have to explain this to anybody. They already get it. And so um, I was listening to a recent episode of your podcast with a woman who was talking about brand and marketing. And I agreed with a lot of the things that she said. Although I think that what people need is a system to adopt what their brand is and figure out what their brand is, not just sit around and think about it. So, mm. for instance, let's talk about Nike because she, she, she mentioned Nike and I love Nike. It's one of my favorite brand companies, although I prefer Adidas shoes. I think Nike does a better job of branding. And the reason I say this is because Nike is the hero archetype. So everything they do is about being a hero and making their clients feel like a hero. So if you think about their ads, it's all youthful people that are sweating and being athletic and doing things and all that. And, you know, their tagline is just do it. And their logo is the representation of the Greek goddess of running her wing, the swoosh, if anybody know that. So everything they do is on brand. And if you think about it, when is the last time that you even saw a Nike commercial where they even talked about what they sell? They don't talk about shoes. They don't talk about clothes. All they talk about is this feeling of like athleticism and, and feeling being like a hero in your own life. And so your brand absolutely 100% has to start with an emotional connection that you are making with your audience, your clients, and your customers. Your brand is not your logo, your tagline, your hashtag, your colors all that kind of stuff. Those are your brand 
elements that support your brand. But that emotional connection is often what people miss when they think about building a brand. And you can't have all the feels and you can't have all the emotions because you would just be a basket case. So you have to narrow it down. And how do you do that? It's not easy. So uh, my process starts with a free questionnaire. It's on my website, brandarchetypes.com. Very easy to remember. There's a free questionnaire up in the left-hand corner. It's 96 questions. And you take it all about your business and your results you get immediately. And you're not signing up to be on some spam thing where we give you tons of crap all the time. But it lists the 12 archetypes in order based on your answers. And then you can click on each one and it will take you to the page on brandarchetypes.com that talk all about that archetype, give you examples of other companies using that archetype. We do SWOT analysis, pros and cons, and the emotional connection that you're making. So that's the first step. Some people take that questionnaire, they get the results, they're like, yep, cool, I'm going with that one, and then they're done. Most often what happens is that I'm working with a group of people within an organization that are trying to solidify their brand. So what we do is we have them all take that questionnaire independently of each other, and then we schedule a 90-minute brand session where it's basically like a giant brainstorming session where we go through all different aspects of their business. We throw a lot of words up on the board. We color code them. We move them around. And 99% of the time, the archetype magically reveals itself at the end of that 90, 90 minutes. Sometimes they have to, you know, they're trying to decide between a couple archetypes or this thing, but usually um, they can choose their archetype that day. And then once they say, okay, this is the archetype we're going to be, then the real work starts and we start looking at everything, including the name of their company, their logo, their colors, all those things, the words they use, the imagery, their website. And we start saying, okay, is this um, in alignment with the archetype you chose? And if the answer is no, then we start changing those things. And once you do that, your brand becomes extremely powerful. Wonderful. Yeah. Hmm. So, um, yeah, I, this is great because um, I call this the message and, um, you know, it, it's like that key thing that you represent, that your brand represents. And it's the thing that a lot of people in piece of the puzzle that people, you know, there's everybody out to get business, they're doing coaching, whatever they're doing, but they're just not really uh, having that message or that brand archetype that you're talking about. And I've never heard of the the twelve archetypes. Well, I probably have. Are they by Carl Jung, or are they just kind of a lot of people talk about them? So I, to be honest with you, I'm not. I'm not sure if like he he was kind of the, the father of archetypes or whatever, and he um, he defined them succinctly for I think for the first time. However, these archetypes have been around for ever, right? So, and they permeate all cultures of earth. So they've been talked about, you know, since the beginning of time. I think he was one of the first per people to actually like organize them and define them. Fantastic. about what you're talking about uh, as well. It's, it's a strategy and you have a process and um, I feel, I feel a lot more um, inclined to Towards um, something that has a and that that first part that you do with them that is kind of that that's the hard part and the part that people don't know about 
And I think it's really valuable to do as the first thing so you know what you are going to represent. Um, can you give me some examples uh, perhaps of some of these kind of archetypes you've helped businesses develop and what they they came up with? Yeah, sure. So um, I can start by talking about the, the, the 12 archetypes because people are always want to know, well, what are they? So I'll list those. Um, they are the hero, the jester, the artist, the outlaw, the neighbor, the guru, or sometimes called the sage, the mother, the innocent, the magician, the explorer, the lover, and the ruler. So a lot of times, uh, big brands, a lot of big brands that we're really familiar with have already done this and adopted this. But most likely, you know, your average small business in any given town doesn't know about this concept and hasn't really done this and doesn't really have a strong brand. So if you're a small business that really wants to elevate your brand, just by doing this process and picking an archetype, you're already going to be steps ahead of all of your mm. competition which is one reason that I love it. But the other reason I really love it is because, like I said, marketing is hard and sometimes we don't know where to start. And a lot of businesses, their marketing is all over the place. Like one day they'll be really funny and they'll do like a funny video or a funny TikTok. And then the next thing they post is like really serious or has something full of data or they're then they're, then they're really going to you know focus on their customer service. And that's just, it's whiplash. It's like all over the place. And uh, when you focus on one thing, it makes your marketing so much easier because it's like, okay, this is the only thing we're focusing on and the only thing we're talking about. And to bring it back to that example of Nike, Nike never ever talks about their customer service. It's not like they're going to be like, oh, come into Nike and, and sit down in one of our comfortable shoes and we'll take care of you and bring you a coffee and, and get your shoes on your feet. You'd be like, what are you doing, Nike? Like, that's not Nike. It's not that they don't care about customer service. It's that they're not going to talk about it in their brand because that's not their brand. Their brand is hero. Now, if, if if something was super centric on customer service and that was the most important thing to them, then they might pick an archetype like the mother, which is very high touch customer service. Um, so, you know, it also depends on the value and the culture of your company, what kind of archetype you're going to pick. I think I lost track of the original question you asked me, though. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, no, it's, it's, it's good. And do you find that people, they get fixated on and they want to talk about their product and service and it, it's a bit of a it that's the bit takes a lot of breaking down that it's not really about that at all do you find well i don't know about resistance it's more of just like an education but yeah i mean so often yeah. when i start working with a company and i start looking at their website it's like we, we, we do this, we do this, we do this, us, 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 our stuff. And it's, it's like, you got to turn it around and talk about, um, you know, like say you're a, a massage therapist, for instance, and instead of talking about, you know, the, the techniques of tech of massage, you'd be like, don't you deserve this? Don't you need a break? You'll feel wonderful after this. It's all about you. So one really good and an easy way to make sure that you're um, flipping the message is to just do a keyword search on your website and make sure that there's more of the word you and less of the word us, me, and I on your website. Yeah, nothing puts people to sleep more than other people telling how fantastic they are and they right. can do. 
And so you've got this questionnaire. Is that the first port of call for people to take? Yes, absolutely. And uh, they will do that at the uh, brandarchetypes.com website. They just click on Explore the Possibilities. Is that how they get into that? Uh, the questionnaire, I believe, is in the top left-hand corner. Top left-hand corner. Okay, fantastic. And then once they've got this brand um, clear and the clarity of what they represent, what what is generally the next step that you take them through? Yep. The next step is to look at everything that you do. So usually we start with the name of the company. Very, very rarely do I ever get somebody to change the name of their company. I, I know you asked me examples of people I've worked with. So an example of this would be I have a financial advising company called Shotwell Rudder Bear, which is three names, the last names of the people that started the company. And they chose the neighbor archetype, which is all about being very friendly, trust trustworthy because you know you're familiar with them you know them they're down to earth they don't wear suits they wear more like casual attire they sit around a kitchen table they're not like a stuffy like wall street sort of financial advisor they're very much um more relatable but their name is not because if you shot roll rudder bear yeah. that's like very heavy and not super friendly hard to remember sounds very elitist and it's, it's not sounds a, name like a lawyer Exactly. And so uh, I couldn't get them to change their name because, you know, it was the founders and they, and, and it's hard to change a name, especially if you've been in business for quite a long time. You've got a lot of brand equity with your name. Um, it'd be kind of like changing the name of your kid once they're 10 years old or something. So uh, I get that. Uh, but we did a lot of other things to help with their brand because they decided they weren't going to change their name. So, you know, their logo is very friendly. Their color palette is very friendly. We have a tagline that's more friendly. Um, they have a podcast called Kitchen Table Finance, which is very friendly sounding, sit around a kitchen table talking about money in a very casual way. And so, uh, yeah, we just started looking at everything that they had on their website. Um, they took new uh, staff photos and everybody was in like more casual attire, friendly. They weren't standing like with their arms crossed and stuff like a lot of lawyers do. They were just, you know, very smiley and, and that kind of thing. And so, so they really, they really leaned into their archetype very heavily and they've been very successful, successful with it. Awesome. So they, and they're creating a lot of content though. They're doing their podcast and are they doing anything else? Are they doing any paid advertising uh, with that? Uh, yeah, I think they do Google ads. Um, and we like just ZD media produces their podcast. So it's nice. And I, I feel very lucky that I produce that podcast because I listen to all the episodes and I'm, I'm much more financially savvy than I used to be. Cause I am always listening to financial advice, which is really good. Um, but yeah, they, we, they are um, on all the social media channels. They're heavy on LinkedIn. Um, we do YouTube. And uh, I, they do a little bit of paid advertising, but not not a lot. They don't really need to. Yeah, if you're doing the content, you, you don't yep. actually need to, to do it. Right. And and what's the time frame uh, that a, a company will work with you for? I mean, once uh, you, they've got everything sorted out, do you stop working with them or do they keep you on board and just keep you shaping them and making them on track? Yeah, that's a really good question. It depends kind of what they want and what they need. Uh, but usually if, I, if I'm going to help them go go through everything that they have and make sure we just bring everything into alignment with their new brand, that takes about three to six months. You just you can't do everything overnight. Right. Yeah. yeah so we just start, we start with the 
the main uh, brand elements. And then we start digging into more of the content and things like that. Uh, one exercise that I do with my clients, which is really eye-opening, is that we print off like the pages of their website and we take everything that what any of their customers have ever seen, like whether it's an invoice, a business card, pages of their website, social media posts, a brochure, whatever. And we lay it out on a big conference table and we look at it and then we stand back. And I was like, does this look on brand? Does it look like you've been consistent? Can you tell that this is all from the same company? And more, more times than not, the answer is no, it's not because they haven't had this brand focus and everything has been all over the place up until the point they decided to really focus on their brand. And, you know, I get it. When businesses start, you have a product or an idea of a service, you got to get started, you want to make money, you pick a name, which either you spend a lot of time on or you don't. And then uh, you maybe get your tax ID number and you start selling. And then like much later down the road, you start, oh, wow, I've got to really start thinking about marketing, my brand. So you kind of back into it. And so everything you've done up until that point maybe wasn't your best foot forward as far as your marketing can, can, can be. And so uh, the best case scenario is to pick your archetype before you ever pick your name of your business and have that dictate everything. But that rarely happens. I have had the good fortune of working with a couple startups where we did do that. And that was really fun because it was like the best case scenario. But usually we're, we're backing into it. Yeah, I was going to say, I imagine it would be great having a, a sort of a new one person show that really, and you got to get in there on the ground floor and, and really create everything with them. And that seems like that would work the best. Yeah, it um, does. But it's a lot of it's a lot of fun to work with other companies, too, where they get that like aha moment, like, oh, OK, now we really understand what our brand is. It's really fun to see that. Yeah, yeah. I, I really love the way you've um, the brand archetype stuff, because um, I'm really going to do some reading on that because um, I kind of do it in a roundabout sort of way. But um, I think that's just it really stands out to me um, and makes me so curious as to what you're doing. So obviously uh, you've thought a lot about your approach with this. And um, do you find that people really, uh, really catch on with the concept from the bat and go, wow, this is, I need to look at this? Yes. And the biggest reason they do that is kind of what I touched on earlier that we all understand archetypes. We all know when I listed those 12, we're all like, yep, yep, yep. And we all had a vision in our mind of each one of those. And so they don't really need to be explained. I don't need to explain to you what a mother is or a jester is or a hero is. You already know what that is. And even without having to be any sort of marketing or brand expert. So once your business adopts one of these, it's really easy to explain to your entire team what's going on. I mean, it takes about five minutes to explain your brand. And whenever you bring a new team member on, they're like, oh, yep, got it. You know, you don't need this 130-page yeah. brand document that explains everything that people get and put it on the shelf and then, like, never look at again. It's just really easy. So then, like, let's go back to the hero. So if you chose hero, then the next like social media campaign that you do, all you have to ask yourself is, is this hero enough? Do we use a hero image? Do we use hero music? Do we use hero words? Yes or no. And you will know yes or no. And if you did, great. If you didn't, fix it. That's really all you have to, it's all you have to ask yourself. And it's, it's just takes so much stress and guesswork out of marketing. And at the same time makes you so much more consistent. It's, it's really is amazing. Yeah, traditional stuff. So uh, 
I, I'm, I really uh, implore you, if you are just a bit confused and stuck with your business, I would say a big part of it is you don't have the clarity. Uh, and, and I think that doing this questionnaire uh, that Amy has got is going to be very worthwhile for you. So um, go and check that out at brandarchetypes.com. And I'd like to thank you for coming on, Amy. That was fantastic. I really like that. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. No problem at all. And thanks for watching, everyone. And I'll see you very soon on another episode.